Hi, I'm your host, Alan. And this is Corbin. And this is your guide to Bird Box, released December 21st, 2018, directed by Suzanne Beer. Now, Bird Box was based off of a book of the same name that released in 2014. The author's name is Josh Matherman. And Universal Pictures had originally acquired the rights in 2013 before the book's release. Annie Muschietti, who previously worked on It and Mama, was attached as the director back in 2013, but this role eventually went to Suzanne Beer in 2017, who had previously done more foreign films before her work on Bird Box. So in 2017, it was also announced that Bird Box would be a Netflix original, along with Sandra Bullock and John Malkovich coming on as stars. Now, apparently Bird Box had some uh, real-life disaster footage that was in the film at one point, and this ended up also... Uh, causing some controversy, and Netflix ended up having to pull Bird Box for a, a slight moment, for a little bit, and replace the footage with something that was actually stock footage. Oh. Uh, I think it was used for my, an old TV show in, in place of what they had used before, because I think it was like a, it was, it was some kind of train wreck, I believe. And there was also a small problem with uh, the score. Oh, Trent right. Reznor and Atticus Ross uh, both stated that they were not very happy with how it ended up in the final product. Uh, Reznor came out and said that um, it was on the editor and his choices to make the mix the way that it was, saying that you could really hardly hear it, and went on to say, and I quote, that it was more or less an effing waste of time, <laughs> as he put it. So, <laughs> to say the least, the uh, composers were not happy with at least the um, music of the film when it was all said and done. Yeah, that production sounds a little troubled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, just a little bit since it started off in 2013 but didn't catch any ground until 2017. Yeah. Sounds like it took a little bit to get things going. And they did mention that, like, um, the, the composers, that it felt like everyone was just phoning it in um, to them. Mm. That's so. too bad. It also sounds like Universal didn't really want it either, and they gave it over to Netflix. Yeah, I, I guess so. Yeah, something happened. Something on the Universal side, I guess, just just didn't catch this film even after the book was released. I don't know. But yes, given that it went to Netflix, um, shows, I guess, that Universal just wasn't really, I guess, didn't see much in a value with the film. Mm -hmm. Now, for other films that released in 2018, the top 10 grossing of the year would have been Avengers Infinity War, Black Panther, Jurassic World Fallen Kingdom, Incredibles 2, Aquaman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Venom, Mission Impossible Fallout, Deadpool 2, and Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. And for the 90th Academy Awards, The Shape of Water walked away with Best Picture. Now, with a budget of $20 million, um, I couldn't catch any money from the box office for this movie. No, I couldn't either. But that's also because this was released primarily on Netflix. I think it had like, uh, I think it was like first released at like AFI Fest or whatever. Um, but, uh, Netflix kind of put out their own numbers, which they don't do too often to my understanding. Um, only mm -hmm. in, I guess, special cases kind of like this, uh, right. they said that it was watched by more than 45 million members in its first seven days, which is like, I think at the time, um, and maybe so, I, I don't know if it's still uh, standing, but at least at the time it's like the number one Netflix movie on the platform when it was released. Yeah. Now, to clarify, from what I have heard from reputable sources, to count a watch, a person must watch, I think, at least five minutes, and then it counts as a watch, because it's a little hard for me to believe 
45 million people watched this, all of this in a week. I mean, maybe Mm -hmm. they did. Maybe that happened. But we've all started streaming something and then kind of cut out of it. It's not really like a theater because you don't have your money at stake, you know, going there and you took the time to actually go there and sit down. So, yeah, this one's done very well. I know like Extraction is up there as well. So whenever something does really incredible according to their own metrics, then they talk about it. But that's what I was um, waiting for you to bring up is I remember hearing that when mm-hmm. it came out is that just further bolstered my curiosity to see it. Now, clearly, I waited quite a while to see it afterwards. But nevertheless, I guess that means it was pretty popular when it came out. Yeah. And and you bring up a good point. You bring up a good point where uh, I think a spokesperson came out later um, towards the end of 2018, and they said that the 45 million that had that they counted as watching the film had watched 70% of the movie's runtime, which I, I think was about like nine, around 90 minutes of the film, of the two hours and four minutes oh. of total runtime. Um, okay. They counted, if they watched up to a certain point, which I think was about 90 minutes, they counted that as a watch, um, which is still pretty impressive. Um, and they said that apparently by the end of 2018, a third of their entire user base had seen Bird Box, which is at Mm -hmm. the time, 137.1 million members in total on the platform. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. Very, very impressive. Um, I mean, it's kind of, I guess, impressive when you view it in a vacuum, um, because I don't know of any (laughs) other, uh, movie that Netflix has like released numbers on aside from Bird Box, um, so and I think they even said that it's not really representative of like how movies really are on Netflix, apparently. So it's mm-hmm. kind of hard to judge. But if it's a third of the user base by the end of that year, that's been out for what, like a week and a half or so. It sounds pretty, pretty good to me. But, you know, yeah, Netflix usually kind of keeps their viewing statistics under wraps. Mm-hmm. I think the only other one that I can think of, and I'm sure there's more. I think they did extraction with Chris Hemsworth last year, but don't quote me on that and don't quote me on the numbers, but I think I just remember hearing that as well. Mm -hmm. But the question is, what did critics and audiences actually think of this movie? Because you can tout 45 million views. That doesn't mean they're all positive per se. Right. Now, at the time that the Variety article was written where I got the watch numbers from, they had it Mm -hmm. quoted as a Rotten Tomato score. Critically of 66% and 74% audience rating. So, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, by today's standards, um, or at least in today's numbers, those have right. shifted a little bit. The critic score hasn't oh, yeah. changed a whole lot. It went from 66 to now it's sitting at a 64% critic score. Audience score, however, is a different story. Um, I mentioned it was at, it started off at 74% at the time of the article. It's currently sitting at a 57% Rotten Tomato score. So, yeah, major. That's your spilled uh, bowl of popcorn on Rotten Tomatoes for this (laughs) movie, unfortunately, for the audiences. Yeah, audiences have come to be split on this movie for the most part. Pretty Mm -hmm. close to it anyway. Critics are still positive, mostly positive, but they're like, yeah, it's yeah, it's fine. That's at least that's Mm -hmm. what I'm getting from those numbers. Yeah, it seems like it's just fine all the way around from both audiences and critics alike. Now for IMDb, we have it at a 6.6, which is 
pretty middle of the road and a meta score of a 51. So, yeah, very mediocre and mixed. There wasn't a cinema score. I wasn't surprised by that since it didn't exactly release in theaters. Yeah. Um, but for our final score, it got a letterbox of a 2.9. So that one's relatively Ouch. high, all things considered. Um, oh. <laughs> but all across the board, these scores are not looking too great. Yeah, I would say that's pretty average all across the board. Is yeah. This is a very average movie. A 6.6 is pretty disappointing, I would say. A 51. Once again... Critics seem to be split. At, that's just straight up mixed um, reviews. When you compare these scores to A Quiet Place, I mean, Quiet Place just blows this out of the water in oh, every yeah. category. I mean, by far, no contest. So of the 2018 movies that were alike, these two movies were alike, A Quiet Place considered by critics and audiences to be vastly superior film. And I wonder too if like a lot of this like mediocrity from audiences and critics was that they were already kind of spoiled with uh with the quiet place very similar topic um very similar movie in some ways so i wonder if yeah. since that one came first now that we have bird box um if a quiet place hadn't come before this you know would this have gotten higher scores it's kind of hard to say you know what uh it's kind of hard to say because obviously this lives in the shadow of uh, a quiet place but i wonder you know what would those numbers be like had A Quiet Place not released in 2018. You're right. That is something to consider because audience were audiences were treated to A Quiet Place April, just four months into the year. So mm -hmm. I have a feeling Netflix probably spaced this out as far away from A Quiet Place on purpose because it wouldn't Bird Box wouldn't come out until a full eight months later at the very end of December, at the end of the year. Right. Hopefully, hoping probably my guess is that audiences had the sheen of a quiet place had worn off and now this could come in. But you're right. We've seen this happen with other movies before. If you know your competitors releasing something similar, you always mm -hmm. want to beat them to the punch because no matter what, the one that comes after, as you said, will live in the shadow, will be compared, and you'll never know what audiences and critics would think seeing your idea presented first as opposed to the competition's idea, especially when they're so close. But that's that's just the way the cookie crumbles. That's just what we get for this. And right. yeah, listeners, you'll have to uh you'll have to wait till our review in a couple of days to hear what we think about this movie. Exactly. All right. Well Corbin, thank you for joining me. Sure thing. And listeners be sure to stick around because as Corbin said, in a couple of days on Monday we'll release our full review for this. Uh, so I guess we'll answer the question there if we think it uh, lives too much in the shadow or is just a mediocre movie all the way around along with the critics and audiences or if we think differently. So come back Monday to hear our full thoughts, but also stay tuned because the week after that, we're going to begin our Denis Villeneuve retrospective and we're going to kick things off with August 32nd on Earth, leading up to, uh, eventually leading up to the release of his new movie Dune, which will be in theaters and HBO Max at the same time. So we'll see you then, listeners.
The Silver Screen Guide podcast is edited and produced by Alan and Corbin. Intro and outro music is created by Thomas Rankin. The thoughts and opinions herein expressed are those of the individual and do not necessarily represent those held by Silver Screen Guide. Silver Screen Guide is not affiliated with any company or individual involved with the creation of this movie or TV show. No portion of the podcast may be used without express written permission from Silver Screen Guide.